Oh, hi. Hello there. Oh, my God. Oh, hi. We're back. Why do you sound like that? Um, What's wrong I don't with know. You? I just decided to be in character. In what character? I don't know. I chose a character, and the character was the one that talks like that. <laughs> That's the cold open. Oh, no. You know we really love you. It ain't our place to judge you. Your feelings get about it naturally. There's no point in hiding, so feel free to start confiding. If you need a good friend, you can count on me. You can count on me. You can count on me. Hello, I'm Sequoia Simone. And I'm Cam. And this is a Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them. It's our podcast about Harry Potter fan fiction. Because that's something we thought we should do. Yeah. And, and here we are. Doing. And this is the second episode. Yeah. Welcome to episode two. If you got here, thank you. Yeah. Hi. How's it going? Thank you to our 10 friends. <laughs> hmm. But no, in this episode, uh, you're going to read some fan fiction. Yeah, I'm going to read you a fan fiction today. And you have no idea what I'm about to read you. No. So. Going in blind. Yeah. Last time it was my turn, and this time it's your turn. I know. And I'm like, I'm actually a little bit nervous. I'm going to be what? super real about Why it. Why are you scared? I'm scared that, like, it's just going to be a podcast where, like, you read, and occasionally there's just, like, a giant laugh <laughs> from me. I mean, honestly, this story is funny enough that I think I think that would be okay. You but think that I would think, be enough? I think you'll have stuff to say. If not, okay. I will have stuff to say. All right. And I'll just Feel interrupt free. myself. Yeah, just interject. Maybe. I don't know. Are you doing character voices? Because if you're going to interject I, in your own reading. I I won't be able to help it. Okay. Did you, have you ever read the actual Harry Potter books aloud? Yeah, I read them to my little brother out loud when he was little. And I did all the voices then. Um, so some of these are actually probably still the same voices that I was doing when I was like 15. That's amazing. But I can't help it. So Sequoia, this fic I'm about to read to you, it's... It involves a particular magical creature from the Harry Potter world. That creature is a Vila. Right. And a Vila is supposed to be a female who is very attractive to men. Men, they right. like have well, cast a spell, sort of. They have an aura. They're not people. They're, um, they're semi-human magical beings, is mm. what they would probably be classed as. And they're very beautiful, and they project an aura. But um, when they're angry... They kind of transform into these like harpy-like creatures. You know, they get all sharp and they get beaks and they get these lizardy wings that sprout out of their back and then they throw fireballs. Right, but generally when they're not mad, they're just like regular humanoid type. Yeah, they're really like pretty women. Well, do you want to just jump into it then? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you need to get ready to make a prediction because I'm going to tell you oh, no. the story title and the genre are you ready um yeah i'm ready i'm ready the story yeah. is called the vila's nest the genre is humor and fantasy oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> okay the vila's nest yes my prediction is that it's gonna take place at bow battens mm -hmm. and i predict that um a horde of vila um, go out on the town for an evening and just like cause a scene literally everywhere they go. 
<laughs> All right. All right. There is your prediction. Yep, that's it. That's we'll see. We'll see how you did when I'm done. All right. The Vila's Nest. Chapter one. The Call. It was the morning of September 2nd, and the cool morning wind howled at the ancient windows of Gryffindor Tower. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Already wrong. Oh, Sequoia. (laughs) A small black-haired boy named Harry James Potter tossed and turned in his dorm bed before a grumpy and bleary-eyed Ronald Weasley had roughly woken him up. Ever since then, he had felt helpless and jumpy. It had taken Ron an entire hour to encourage Harry to leave the safety of his bedside, and he wouldn't go far without holding Ron's hand or arm, much to Ron's constant embarrassment. What the hell's going on? (laughs) Yeah? Did they give a year? They said September 2nd. Did they give a year? Do we know how old they are? Oh, should I? Oh, this was written in 2006. Oh god, 2006 was that was this is a book six. That was after book six. Yeah. So <laughs> they're I'm probably confused. seventeen. Okay, that makes sense. They're, Continue. It's probably their final year at Hogwarts. <laughs> I, I forget if it says later in the okay. night, but we'll get there. Harry felt that if he didn't have someone there to protect him, he would panic. Merlin, why did he feel so vulnerable? Let go, Harry. I know it's your birthday and everything, but you're acting really weird, said Ron, as he finally snatched his hand away from Harry's when they sat down to breakfast. Did you get that? It's yeah, Harry's it's birthday. birthday. Um, on September 2nd. Is someone going to get him a nest of velos for his birthday? <laughs> well, you know, it's your, for his second birthday. He got anxiety, it would appear. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, you have your first birthday and then you have your second birthday, which generally takes place a little over a month after your first birthday, you know, because his birthday's on the 31st of July. Yeah. It's so uh, so September 2nd, it's his second birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anxiety. Yeah. Sorry, Ron. I just feel, feel a bit strange today. Maybe it has something to do with Voldemort. I don't know. I just feel a bit weak. <laughs> Harry stared at his feet. Just chill out. We've got double potions after breakfast, and Snape will kill me when he finds out I haven't done my essay. Ron bellowed. Okay. A, why is Ron shouting? But like B, he's acting like I've never not done an essay before. This is a totally new thing where Snape's going to be so mad. Snape's going to be really mad. I know you're like freaking out, but I'm going to freak out at you now, Harry. I know that you're anxious because for some reason it's your birthday again. Ron bellowed, but deflated quickly when he saw that Harry was beginning to shake with fear. Uh, just try to eat something, eh, mate? Ron smiled gingerly, pushing a plate of eggs towards his gingerly. best friend. Uh, uh, don't, uh, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Harry tiredly moved the food around on his plate. He really had no appetite, and he felt hot, feverish, and a bit distracted. On a the- bit? <laughs> More than a bit. Jeez, Harry, get it together. On the other side of the Great Hall, the blonde bombshell that was Draco Malfoy was in a super... This is my favorite story ever. (laughs) Is Draco a Vila? I'm just really... (laughs) Was in a super pissy mood. He'd been frustrated and fidgety for well over a week, but today he was especially irritable. Is it his birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's birthday, Sequoia. 
today's the day. (laughs) Today he was especially irritable. At breakfast, he played with his food, not really wanting to eat, even though he felt a terrible craving of some sort, one that he couldn't quite place. He's thirsty. (laughs) The Slytherin table was awash with ogling first years, all clamoring round to get a look at the famous son of a Death Eater. Yeah, I think he's a Vila. I'm going (laughs) to... I think that's the only reason why people would clamor to look at Draco Malfoy. I also am interested in why, like, this is out of character for Draco to be, like, in a bad mood. But he's literally always in a bad mood. Oh, for sure. Literally always. For sure. Get lost, Draco screeched, sending the gaggle of 11-year-olds careening down to the other end of the large table, hiding their heads and whispering frantically. Does anybody speak in like a normal tone of voice? (laughs) They bellow. They screech. Whatever is wrong, dearest Drakey-poo, chirped the ever-annoying Pansy Parkinson. Chirped? Yeah. (laughs) We've got a bellow, we've got a screech, we've we've got got a chirp. Chirped the ever-annoying Pansy Parkinson through a mouthful of half-masticated Cumberland sausage. That was so specific. Pansy, close your mouth around that sausage, girl. (laughs) It's everyone's birthday. I wish it was my birthday. (laughs) Are you having a bad hair day or is there something else I could help you with? Pansy reached under the table with her foot and rubbed it suggestively against the ice prince's leather clad leg. I kept thinking that it was going to not get better and then it just kept getting better. Why is he wearing leather? What's happening? Because that's what Draco always wears. Draco is the prince of leather pants. No, he's the ice prince. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. The ice prince of leather pants. (laughs) Continue. Uh. Um, (laughs) This is all plausible. Please continue. Yes, it's been great. (laughs) Draco nearly jumped a foot in the air before using a dragon hide boot to kick the offending appendage away. This is so specific. Yeah. He's wearing leather pants and dragon Dragon skin boots. Dragon skin boots. And he's rejecting the advances of a woman because he's gay. He's wearing leather pants and dragon hide boots. Pansy. Come on, Pansy. Read the signs, girl. Oh, fuck off, Parkinson, was Draco's reply as he stood up and marched loudly out of the great hall. Desperate to get to his first and most favorite class. Potions with his godfather, Severus Snape. His godfather? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) Harry's birthday is September 2nd, (laughs) and Snape is... (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Yeah. Pansy stared in abject horror and gulped visibly at Draco's abandoned silver fork which was now swaying slightly and driven impossibly deep into the hard oak wood of the Slytherin table. I, like, have to just say really quickly that I really actually enjoy all the detail in this. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, it's this is really actually detailed. really detailed in, like, a really great Painting way that I love. a great picture yeah. in your brain. 
What the bloody hell has gotten into him? Asked Blaze, spelled with a Z, as he too stared at the quivering fork. His love for me has burned a hole in his heart, cried Pansy as she batted her eyelids. Obviously. For Merlin's sake, Parkinson, get over it. He isn't interested. He likes boys, cried Blaze as he stood up and followed in Draco's wake, leaving a bewildered and slightly tearful Pansy Parkinson sitting on his own. Sitting on her own. Oh, yeah. I was about to be like, well, she's in the running now. Um. (laughs) The pupils had hurried into the dungeon classroom, pushing and shoving to find their seats. As usual, the Slytherins headed for the back of the dark and dingy classroom. Snape breezed in, robes billowing madly behind him. Madly? (laughs) They're just like... (laughs) That creates a great visual. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a there's a really strong breeze where there's like a him. first year trailing behind mm. him just like waving the cloak up and down. I think that's more likely. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one. That's the one. Today we are going to be creating a simple anti-pimple cure, he said loudly, flicking his wand in the direction of the blackboard. Chalk dust erupted in scrawling spider-like script across the black surface as the ingredients list appeared. Looking at some of you, I would think it was about time you learned to make it. Snape sneered. What an asshole. Right? Come on, Snape. Teenagers are just like so delicate like and you fragile. Were so handsome in like your you teenage years. Covered in pimples in your teenage years. Snape. Snape sneered as he loomed over the Gryffindors near the front. Now, class, find a partner and read page four hundred and fifty-six of your textbooks before you start. The ingredients are in the student cupboard as usual. Begin, Snape barked. After a few minutes of silent reading, there was a horrid scraping of chairs as the class began to gather their ingredients and choose partners. By the time Harry had woken from his fidgety daydreaming, nearly everyone had found a partner and Snape was almost nose to nose with the emerald-eyed young wizard. Potter! Go with Malfoy and I expect you to work in my classroom, not sleep. Go with Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Ron abandoned him. Jesus, Ron, your friend's acting super weird. And where are you? And we're about to get some love in here. The Gryffindor scowled as the professor returned to the blackboard. Gathering his quill and parchment, Harry quickly plonked himself down next to Malfoy. Well, Scarhead, go and get some arrowroot and witch hazel, smirked Draco as Harry glared at him intensely. Yes, your bloody majesty, Harry spat with very little hatred left to make it convincing. And for a moment, just as he left the desk, Harry swore he could see hurt in Malfoy's silver eyes. When he returned from collecting the ingredients, Harry slowly began to chop the arrowroot into small chunks at Draco's instruction. While trying not to be impressed with the larger boy's remarkable potion skills. His remarkable, wink, potion skills. Yeah, yeah, Draco, you're so skilled. Those Uh leather pants. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Harry was so busy watching the fair-haired Slytherin, he accidentally brought the blade down onto his finger, leaving a deep cut that swelled with blood. Caught by surprise, Harry let out an unbelievably deafening, shrilling noise, which caught the attention of the whole class. But before he could even think about how he had made such a strong sound, 
safe arms wrapped around him. (laughs) Harry's feelings of vulnerability were momentarily gone. He felt free and for the first time in a long time felt normal again. He hadn't been pondering his feelings for long, though, when he suddenly felt a sharp sting in his neck and the world turned to utter darkness. What the hell is going on? (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, Yeah. okay. Draco had been showing off to Potter. He couldn't help himself. It was just so much fun watching the poor, pathetic Gryffindor ogle him. It was only when Potter accidentally took a chunk out of his own finger, and Draco, who was about to laugh, stopped dead in his tracks as Harry let out a strange shriek. It was a keening noise that pulled on every fiber and vein in Draco's being, with one thought and one overwhelming emotion. Protect. (laughs) He grabbed the petite boy. (laughs) (laughs) He grabbed the petite boy around the waist, and Harry slumped forward into Draco's gentle embrace, his small, dark head tilting, revealing a smooth, pale neck. Draco couldn't resist the urge to bite into the pure flesh. Whoa! Whoa! What? Draco couldn't resist the urge to bite into the pure flesh. I was wondering where, like, the painful thing was going to come from. Draco's mouth. It came from Draco's mouth. It was his teeth on Harry's neck because he bit him. Yes. That was the last thing he could recollect as a strange haze descended over his memory. Is there some kind of venom? That affected them both. Apparently, I guess. Oh my God, I'm so excited. By that time, the rest of the class, including Ron and Hermione, were staring at the duo with wands raised. Not Ron's. Not Ron's raised. (laughs) We're staring at the duo with wands raised. Draco pulled Harry to his chest as blood ran down his chin, staining his pristine uniform a deep crimson. Draco, what in Merlin's name are you doing, boy? Unhand Potter this instant, shouted Professor Snape as he inched towards them, a look of pure confusion etched across his face. Don't you know what young love looks like, Severus? Yeah, come on, Snape. Snape, you've never been in love? Don't you know what some young leather pant-wearing love looks like? (laughs) Wait, but you need to hear this. Mine, hissed Draco. (laughs) As he bolted from the dungeon classroom and into the corridors with Harry Potter held fast in his arms. What the hell? End chapter one. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm like so intrigued. off with Harry. (laughs) And I was like pretty on with the my precious thing oh yeah like in a scary way yeah no totally my own my precious says draco taken off down the hallway with harry and now time for chapter two proposition (laughs) (laughs) harry slowly woke up to the intense white walls of the hospital wing which seemed to be a hell of a lot brighter and more colorful than was usual The large, sterile hall full of hospital beds felt strangely cold and abandoned, without the familiar millings of Madame Pomfrey. Harry tried to sit up to get a better look around, but something restrained him at the waist. He turned slowly to see Draco Malfoy lying beside him, fast asleep. 
his arms draped over the small Gryffindor and his head resting lightly on the pure white pillow. I'm like a little bit disappointed that Draco just like took off with him and just took him to the hospital wing to get fixed. I don't know that's what happened because we had like a time jump. Maybe they both just like passed out in the middle of the hallway somewhere because Draco's memory blanked out the instant he bit Harry, I guess. Yeah, but like... How did they get to the hospital wing? Did he take him there? Not clear. But Draco seemed different to Harry. The intense seed of hatred he had always had for Draco was gone, which confused him deeply. It was the love bite. Yeah, right? (laughs) Just sucked the hate right out. Right on out of there. Yep, yep, gone now. Harry gaped at Slytherin Prince, but felt no impulse to push him away at all. The Slytherin prince. Yeah, I thought he was the <laughs> ice prince. Yeah, I was thought he was the ice prince and of I leather. Crowned him. Yeah, I crowned him. <laughs> of yeah, all right. Harry gaped at Slytherin prince, but felt no impulse to push him away at all. Draco appeared much the same as always, except his hair was disheveled. His ears were slightly pointed. And when Draco parted his lips to take a deeper breath, his canines had a sharper edge than Harry remembered. It keeps getting better he's a vampire now no he's not because just a second it was only as draco shifted in his sleep that harry gaped at the huge silver wings that now graced his pale back what the fuck is he a gargoyle no he's a new thing this is a new thing no what's the thick names koya vila yeah does we'll get, the we'll person get. know what a vila is? I am. No. Okay. Clearly they don't. <laughs> like, this is, okay, not even a little. this is some classic fucking misdirection because now all of my predictions are wrong. Just not even close. Not even. <laughs> Harry turned his head as he heard the infor- infirmary door slam open, but he didn't see anyone because blocking his view was a pair of large, deep green wings. They were much smaller than Draco's glorious silver appendages, the tips of which seemed to brush gently at his calves. Harry's shimmering green wings only seemed to travel to his hips. Got tiny wings, boy. Gotta compensate for that somehow. Come on, Harry. What's wrong with you? Why are your wings so small? So he's become a Vila by being bitten by a Vila. I think he was already a Vila. Which is why they have such an t- intense attraction to each other. Yeah. Maybe it's, oh, ooh, I think I know what happened. I think it's why they were both in such a bad mood. Yeah. It, on your second birthday, every year, you turn into a Vila. <laughs> Wait, no, not every year. Just once. Just once. When the you're like 16 or whatever. The second birthday of your 17th year. Then you turn into a Vila. Yep. Sprout big ol' or tiny wings. You know. Make Harry feel self-conscious about his tiny wings, okay? <laughs> he doesn't seem to be. He's already got enough to deal with. No. He's the chosen one. And now Avila. And now Avila and gay. <laughs> he doesn't know that yet, maybe. <laughs> eh, he probably does. Let's be real. Harry tentatively stroked the wings on his own back and let his eyes flutter shut at the amazing sensations that washed through him. Draco woke up when Harry jerked with shock. He tried to assess the immediate situation. He was lying comfortably in bed with Harry Potter, whom he suddenly had no objection to keeping a tight grip on, and Potter had a magnificent pair of verdant wings. What in the name of Morgan Le Fay is going on here? Oh, Jesus, no. 
right? <laughs> no, I'm I am upset by that. Yeah? That upsets yeah? me. You don't like that? No. Don't like um made up swearings? I don't no? like it. No. What in the name of Morgan Le Fay is going on here? shouted Draco, his throat dry and voice cracked with confusion. Harry whipped his head round so fast that his neck burned. Potter, what's going on? Why do you have wings? asked Draco. If I had a clue, I'd give you one. You do realize you have wings too, don't you? snapped Dip Harry. Shit. Come on, Draco. Do you not feel them? They're giant. <laughs> do you not feel your wings that are bigger than mine? <laughs> Draco, get your shit together. Draco looked round to see the silver wings. He let go of Harry and sat up sharply. Harry felt slightly bereft at the loss of Draco's arms, but sat up also. Do they imprint on each other? Oh, Vila's? Apparently, these two did. Yeah. What did you do, Potter? He growled. Me? I didn't do anything. What about you? You're the potions expert. Maybe you did this on purpose, Harry replied angrily. Okay, so now they're mad at each other, even though like two seconds ago, they were like, I look at you and I don't feel any yeah. hate at all. I want All I want to do is touch you. Yeah. And now they're fighting? Yeah, because um, they have some wings. And, that uh, was literally what? two seconds ago. No, no it's, it's totally different. Right now, totally different <laughs> than before. Because before they were all like sleepy and just waking up and feeling, no, I don't know, dude. What possible reason would I have to give you wings? I don't know. Maybe you want me to try and fly off the astronomy tower? Harry exclaimed. Why would he want you to fly, Harry? Yeah, no, he would want you to jump off with no wings. Yeah, Harry. He wants you to die. He did. Not anymore. Till today. Nope, not anymore. The Slytherin turned to face Harry, panting angrily, their noses almost touching. Now kiss. <laughs> Draco leaned forward slowly. Now kiss. And pressed his lips against Harry. Yes. <laughs> they broke apart when they heard a cough coming from the end of the bed. Dumbledore stood next to Madame Pomfrey behind the professors. Stood a strange man dressed in bright green robes. They all had huge grins on their faces. What's happened to us, Professor? Was there a potions accident? I can't really remember anything, said Harry. Me either, bloody Gryffindors, mumbled Draco. The thing is, my dear boy, and the reason you are both here is that you are both Vila, said Dumbledore. This is just so good. With a harsh snort. I don't know where the snort um, yeah, goes. I'm, um, yeah, that's a, har- a harsh... No, nope, I, don't, no, I can't do I, it. I'm I not going to try to do it. One. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not. That was no, not that it. Was not good. That was not it. That was bad. I'm sorry. I apologize for that noise that I just made. Is that a good thing? Asked Harry. Indeed, it is, Mister Potter. The Vila race were thought to be extinct until today. That is. Is this tagged alternate universe? No, it is okay. not. Never it mind. Is not then. tagged alternate nope. universe. No, okay. they are the first Vila in a long time. Neither of their parents are Vila. You know. It's a recessive like, gene. Like, like it happens. Like how it goes. You know. That is how things happen. Like muggle-borns. Sure. It's just Vila happens. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, wait, but if they're a race, then how is it an, a, just like one recessive? Exactly. What? Oh, what? Exactly. What? Exactly. What? 
The Vila race were thought to be extinct, until today, that is. Draco moaned and ducked his head under the sheets. He was a pure blood. This was not happening. No bloody way. This is Mr. Livingston, said Dumbledore as a plump, round-faced man with russet-colored woolly hair stepped forward. He seemed extremely nervous, but also very excited to be there. He is the head of the Magical Creatures Department at the Ministry of Magic. He has a proposition for you both. Dumbledore then gestured for the man to speak. Yes, of course. They're magical creatures. Yeah. They are magical creatures. Yes. Yeah, what's I had to say. You can continue now. Okay. Mm, Yes. Well, oh, I can't believe it. A dominant and a submissive. This is astounding. Absolutely (laughs) astounding. something to say about that square <laughs> no everyone's everyone's preferences are okay by me all right no judgment all right astounding absolutely astounding wailed mr livingston his big thick black glasses crooked on his hawk-like nose what's brilliant mr livingston asked harry he was getting more confused by the minute they can mate and have babies please continue Call me Jerry, Mr. Potter. Oh, you're the submissive. Can I touch your wings? Said Jerry, hopefully. That's why his tiny wings. (laughs) He was almost jumping up and down with excitement. I suppose so, said Harry, who was amazingly relaxed despite the situation. You know, relaxed, confused. Submissive. Submissive. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all right, fine. Fine. Jerry got within an inch of Harry's wings when Draco let out a loud growl. Dominant. Everyone... (laughs) Draco let out a loud growl. Everybody turned to look at him, and he blushed. Sorry. Yes, well, it's to be expected, you being the dominant and all. Want to protect your mate, eh? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Jerry broke into nervous snorts of laughter and patted Draco hard on the leg. What is your proposition exactly, Jerry? Asked Draco angrily. Oh, yes, um, we at the Ministry of Magic require you, that is, um... Mr. Malfoy and Potter, uh, to enter the first Vila breeding program here at Hogwarts. Yes, 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 they can mate and have babies. He clapped his hands together with joy. Breeding? As in, Draco and me have children? How does that happen? We're both males, questioned Harry. <laughs> well, one of you is dominant and one of you is submissive, right, but, Harry. Right, but they both got outies, Sequoia. <laughs> You know? Oh, yes, well, nature seems to have found a way around that, the marvelous thing it is. You see, boys, once you have had intercourse, Mr. Potter, being what we call a submissive vila, will carry the children in his womb, and yes, you do have one. Then it's all plain sailing from then on, and soon there will be a nest full of baby vila in no time. Okay, like, a womb is not the only necessary part. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. He'll just uh yep. excrete them. Plausible. Or something. Yep. Poop them out. Yep. Maybe Vila have cloacas. <laughs> <laughs> there 
will be a nest full of baby Vila in no time, and we'll be able to save a most interesting species. Draco and Harry stared at each other in horror for a few seconds. There was no way they could escape this. Once again, fate had decided to devastate their lives. End chapter two. Oh my god. It's not that bad, boys. Don't they see that they're just helping an extinct, a previously thought extinct species continue to exist? And that they are members of? Exactly. Somehow they are members of it. Yeah, it's fine. Just do it. Just do just it. Do it. Get get to it, boys. Do get it. Get to it. Get to it. Chapter you three. have a womb. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three. Caged. Later that day, Harry and Tra- Draco were taken by Jerry to a large room high up in the castle next to the Owlery. The mating room. <laughs> <laughs> the large door was made of bulletproof glass so that Jerry Livingston and his students could study the villa without interference. Study the mating. Yes. Yeah, uh, obviously. What else would they study then? You know what? Uh, I guess they could study I'm their sorry. feeding habits as well. They didn't like whatever they had for breakfast yeah. this morning. <laughs> what do we let eat <laughs> other than penis? <laughs> Continue. Uh-huh. Next to the door, there was a huge viewing window made of the same substance. From the inside, though, it looked like a mirror. Draco will be in his element, Harry thought. You could also see the ensuite bathroom clearly. Jesus. They'll see everything. Yeah, it just got really weird. Like, I, I say that as though it wasn't weird before, yeah, right. but it Come just on. got weirder. Well, they're animals, you know. You watch animals do everything. Jesus, they'll see everything, muttered Draco as they were steered into the room. What they saw next left them both speechless. In the middle of the room was a huge bowl-type object made of what appeared to be twigs and dried mud. It was the size of a king bed. It's the... <laughs> Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was lined with soft hay and sheepskin and had fur covers thrown on top of it. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Said Draco, pointing at the mass in front of him. Come on, Draco. It just like, it's, pretty, it's pretty obvious. You're on, supposed to do it, it in that. It. <laughs> That's your nest, said Jerry with glee. Nest, both Harry and Draco said at once. I will have you know, I am not some bloody bird. I am a pure blood. Draco stopped abruptly, soon realizing that if he truly were a pure blood wizard, he wouldn't have a pair of large silver wings sticking out of his back. Who did his mom have sex with? Come on, Narcissa. Where'd you find Avila? Where'd you find it? They were extinct. Still found one. Nope, it's fine. Let's not worry too much about it. The rest of the room was charmed to look like a forest with trees and vines growing up the walls and the ceiling. I like that they're trying to put them in their natural habitat, <laughs> which like, but like what? still in the castle next to the Owlery. This ministry was yeah, and like this isn't their natural habitat. No. What their natural habitat was just just the just Hogwarts. Yeah, just the dormitories <laughs> before now. Nope, now, what a weird now window in weird, the dormitory. Now you're weird bird <laughs> and you need a nest. 
The rest of the room was charmed to look like a forest with trees and vines growing up the walls and the ceiling enchanted so you could see the night sky like the one in the great hall. The floor was covered with grass and Harry could hear running water coming from a small waterfall in the corner. So we sleep in the nest? asked Harry, wondering how on earth these weird things always seemed to occur around him. He was starting to believe there really was a Harry Potter effect. Oh yes, we copied it exactly from one that was found in the Black Forest in Germany, said Jerry, sounding very proud of himself. That's where Draco and Harry's dad lived. Yeah? Dads, Are they brothers? Dads. Wait, what? Mol- nope, there's two of them. I just realized what I said and then I took it back. I took it back. Dads. In Germany uh, but, in the forest. So, so you decided it wasn't just a recessive gene. They had Vila parents that... I've decided that now. They're extinct. magical creatures. Fine. Yeah, no, they're not wizards. <laughs> what the Somehow. hell? Well, I will leave you to get acquainted. Mm, if you know what I mean. Jerry winked with a blush and snorted... <laughs> Did he... He winked with a blush and snorted loudly. A snorting. He then backed away and shut the transparent door. It was only when he started casting locking spells and then pulled out a big set of keys that Draco got angry. What are you doing? shouted Draco, banging on the door. Let us out, you muggle-brained bastard. Jerry just smiled at Draco excitedly. Who the dominant is getting riled at the thought of being caged, thought Jerry. Oh, now we can hear Jerry's thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're getting a window into his being. Gonna oh, see no. What he's up to. I don't want that. You don't want that? No. I no, I think I don't want it. I think I'm good. I'm sorry, Mr. Malfoy. You cannot leave until you and Mr. Potter have made some veelings. Parentheses, baby vela. You are now designated velas and therefore lost your status as wizards and humans. You are classified as magical creatures. You are now the sole property of the magical creatures department at the Ministry of Magic. This is so fucked up. Yeah, right? You're not people anymore. I can't. I'm, I want this to get real political. Like, I would like it just like right now to turn from being like sexy to like political. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm riled. All right, all right. Like Hermione Granger running a campaign for the rights of these weird bird men. Yeah, I mean, Harry's her friend. Yeah. Her wizard friend. Yeah. Mm, No, Mm, he's clearly not a wizard. wizard. He's a weird bird dude. (laughs) Look at his weird wings. His Mm. tiny wings. (laughs) His tiny wings. And are now the sole property of the magical creatures department at the Ministry of Magic. And with that, Jerry Livingston strolled off, writing things down on a magical clipboard. Fuck! Draco kicked the door in frustration and sat on the floor with his head in his hands, his wings pulled around him. Harry sat on the nest and looked at the floor. The nest was actually quite comfortable, and he flopped back careful onto his wings. What are we going to do, Draco? said Harry as he began to tear up slightly. Draco moved across. How womanly of him. Harry! what happened to you he became a woman no he became a submissive vila right a woman (laughs) i'm see i'm ready to get real political (laughs) political about the gender politics of vila dominance and submissives or and also the fact that they're owned by the ministry what are we going to do draco said harry as he began to tear up slightly Draco moved across and climbed over onto Harry, kissing him passionately as Harry wrapped his legs around Draco's waist. Mm. There's only one thing we can do, smiled Draco as he began to undress Harry. Wait, wait, wait. 
I was ready to get political. Nope, it's getting sexy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. All right. What's that? Smiled Harry, kissing Draco along his jawline. Make love, said Draco as he bit hard into Harry's neck, claiming his submissive. He didn't do that the first time he bit him, right? Gotta bite him again? How many times are you gonna bite him? Bite, how many times do you have to bite your submissive before they're yours? <laughs> uh, until they fucking get it, Harry. Harry. Learn your place, Harry. Come on. Harry gave out a keening wail as his eyes rolled back in pleasure. See that, class? The dominant has claimed it's submissive, and they are beginning to mate. Get your notebooks out. This is the first Vila mating in hundreds of years. Wait, is this class Hogwarts students? Yes. This is their peers? Yes. Their ex-peers? Yes. Continue. They're children. Why are they... Yep, I'm upset. Mm, Cried Dr. Jerry Livingston to his students, and they began scribbling away furiously. He was dressed in his best white doctor's robes. I wonder how much I will get for my book on Vila, he thought as the moans and screams eliciting from the Vila habitat in front of him became louder. End of chapter three. I'm just wondering if chapter four is about um, child rearing, you know? This, now, you think there's going to be a long time skip? It got political, uh-huh. then it got sexy, and now <laughs> it it's getting domestic. for a very short amount of time in that yes. last chapter. It's like, <laughs> like two sentences. It was angsty, mm-hmm. then it was political. <laughs> then it was sexy for a second, and now it's about to get domestic. All right, all right. We'll see if you were correct when I read you the chapter title. Chapter four, Escape. Oh, hell yeah, it's getting political again. <laughs> Hermione and Ron were aghast at the announcement at dinner in the Great Hall. Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy were not only the last Vila mating pair on Earth, they had also had their rights as wizards and humans being waived by the Ministry of Magic. Right, Hermione, let's go. Making them no more than another set of endangered magical creatures. No way. They can't do that. He's the boy who lived for crying out loud, shouted Ron. It's okay, Ron. We'll ask to see them, smiled Hermione. We can't just go waltzing up there, Hermione. It's Dr. Livingston's cryptozoology students only. What? (laughs) Yeah, no, they can't go look at him. Okay. But when did they sign up for the class? They, uh, that that happened really quickly. Where did they get those students from? For the cryptozoology class? Yeah. That wasn't a class before. It's always a class. Oh, okay. Ah, well, that's where these will come in handy, said Hermione as she held up two laminated student passes. These are courtesy of Hagrid. He's helping Dr. Livingston with the feeding and maintenance of the Vila habitat, gestured Miney. Oh, there it is. Oh, she getting mad. Hold me back. <laughs> Hold me back. Hold my earrings. <laughs> It was a month before Hermione and Ron finally had the chance to go and see Harry and Draco in the habitat. When Wait, they, it was a month? Yeah, it took them a month to get up there. So between... So between, the, they're like, let's go up right now. I've got these passes. Month goes past while they walk upstairs. Well, they got busy, okay? Oh, okay. They got <laughs> They had stuff busy. to do. You know, they had transfiguration, homework. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, man, our best friend is an endangered species, but, like, I got shit to do. You know, we gotta... We gotta feed crookshanks we gotta 
You gotta. Yeah, in this alternate universe, you still gotta feed Crookshanks. You know. When they arrived, Harry was vomiting violently into the water feature, while Draco gently stroked his back as he heaved. He's got morning sickness. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Draco then turned as he saw Ron and Hermione staring at them through the food hatch. Granger, weasel, what the hell are you doing here? More people to ogle at us. Calm down, Malfoy. We came to see Harry. What's wrong with him anyway? Asked Ron angrily. I don't know. Livingston keeps taking him away and doing tests, growled Draco. Why do you let him, Draco? Asked Hermione. Ha! As if I have a chance. They use tranquilizer darts and there isn't exactly anywhere to hide in here. Draco lifted the floppy Harry and carried him to the nest. I'd get sick if I had to live with you, Malfoy, Ron snapped. Mind what you say about my mate, Weasel, growled Draco through the square hole in the door. You know, maybe they maybe they aren't really wizards anymore. Do they really deserve our protections, Koya? Listen, as the spokesperson of the campaign to save the last two endangered Vila... From exploitation? From exploitation. Mm -hmm. What I have to say on the matter is, no, they are not wizards. <laughs> 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 oh my god harry gasped miney as she saw harry turn towards them she nudged ron in the ribs and he gazed up to look at harry harry potter lay on the nest beside draco looking vaguely ill his hair was in a worse mess than usual and there were dark rings under his eyes and he was pale and shaky harry what has that bastard done to you said ron idiotically what the fuck, Steve that Cloves? Was a, that was a perfectly reasonable question. Yeah, what? He's ill. I don't know why. Livingston ignores us completely when we try to ask any questions, growled Draco again. Harry, are you okay? What kind of tests are they doing? Asked Hermione. I'm fine, Miney. Just a little tired. And as for tests, I don't know. They usually sedate me. Harry sat at the edge of his nest and Draco joined him and held him close. What else is Dr. Livingston doing? asked Miney. Constant checks, mainly. And then there's these. Harry pulled down his white t-shirt to show them a tagged collar. That's criminal, Harry, shouted Ron. Yeah, the collar's a step too far, Ron. That's where I draw the line. Right. Yes, apparently it monitors our breathing, heart rates, and any changes in our body chemistry, according to Jerry, said Draco as he rubbed Harry's back. Harry, I have an idea. Let's get your medical file. It should be in Dr. Livingston's office. Where's your invisibility cloak? Asked Hermione. I think it's still in Gryffindor Tower under the mattress of my bed. Harry began to sway slightly, and Draco quickly pulled him onto his lap, Harry, letting Harry rest on his chest. Just do whatever you have to to get us out of here, said Draco. I know I regret saying this, but I trust you. Thank you, Draco. We won't let you down, smiled Hermione. Hermione, they're friends now. What are you talking about? They're friends now. Asked Ron. Because he doesn't know what's going on. Right. He's still, stupid. He still doesn't know what's going on. Hermione, what are you talking about? Asked Ron. Oh, just come on. Shouted Miney as she dragged the hapless Weasley back to the Gryffindor Tower. Later that night, Hermione slowly walked the corridors under the invisibility cloak. She walked slowly past the Vila habitat and was amazed to see that Draco was alone. 
slumped on the floor near the water feature. On closer inspection, she could see the yellow feathers that were attached to a tranquilizer dart sticking out of Draco's thigh. It was then that a scream echoed up the corridor. Harry, thought Miney. Hermione moved as fast and as stealthily as she could. Following the shouts to the end of the corridor, she came to a swing door with a small glass window in it. Inside, Harry was strapped to a metal table, struggling, hissing, and baring his fangs as Dr. Livingston and two of his colleagues tried to hold him down. "'Sedate the submissive before he injures himself!' shouted Livingston over Harry's shouts. A small blonde man came toward Harry with a hypodermic syringe, but Harry managed to hit out his green wings, knocking it out of the blonde's hands and throwing a dark-haired man against the wall. Um, why do you think they're using a hypodermic syringe to sedate Harry? When they're wizards? Um, because... Plot reasons? The wizard magic no. doesn't no. work no. on no. them. Fine. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Fucking fine. Whatever. Hermione decided it was time to move. She slipped into the room and, hidden by the cloak, picked up the syringe off the floor. She then drove it deep into the arm of Dr. Livingston before using her wand to petrify the blonde man. What? Who's there? This is ministry business, shouted Dr. Livingston as he pulled the now empty syringe out of his arm and slumped forward using the metal table as support. You'll never get away with this. I am an official, said Dr. Livingston as he finally fell to the floor unconscious. Harry still lay, panting and tired, strapped to the table. Harry, it's okay. We are getting out of here, said Hermione as she pulled off the cloak and began to untie the shaken, submissive Vila. Hermione, how did you... Never mind that now, Harry. Grab his keys. I have to get a hold of the medical records. Then we can find out what he's been doing to you. Harry quickly regained his composure and grabbed the ring of keys from Dr. Livingston's belt while Hermione grabbed both Draco and Harry's medical notes from the large filing cabinet in Dr. Livingston's office. Hermione also managed to find the small gold keys to the collars in the top drawer of his desk. "'Come on, Harry!' whispered Hermione. As they walked out into the corridor, shouts could be heard echoing off the walls. "'Livingston! What have you done with my mate? Where is Harry?' "'It's Draco! Draco, I'm here!' shouted Harry. (laughs) True love. (laughs) Oh, Harry. Draco, I'm here, shouted Harry as he quickly tried to open the five locks in the door with the correct keys. Draco was pressed against the door as Harry fumbled with each lock. Yeah. It's pressed. It's pressed. <laughs> Licking the door, I guess. <laughs> Draco was pressed against the door as Harry fumbled with each lock. Hurry up, Harry, whispered Miney. I'm trying. But I'm pregnant. <laughs> Can't do it. I'm submissive. I got tiny uh, rings. <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> Finally, with a loud click, the last of the locks was opened, and within seconds, Draco had burst out and scooped Harry into his arms. Put me down now, Draco. We have to leave. No. Please, Draco. No. <laughs> True love. Please, Draco. No. I can walk and you can hold my hand then. Nope, said Draco as he pulled Harry closer to him. It's great voices. Thank you. <laughs> Doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, Draco, just carry him. Let's get out of here, Hermione stressed. As they ran along the corridor to the staircase, Harry managed to get Draco's collar off with the keys Hermione had found. He threw the collar behind them as he was carried away. 
Harry suddenly saw a figure over in a white coat staggering after them and holding up his wand before he could do anything to alert Draco. He felt a burning sensation around his neck and was lost in darkness. Holy shit. Hermione and Draco continued running up the staircase until they reached the owlery where Ron was waiting and barricaded themselves in with countless charms. What took you so long? I thought you were getting some files, not staging a rescue mission, shouted Ron. Well, it all kind of just happened, smiled Hermione. Just happened? Well, that's bloody great. And how do you suppose we all get out of here? Didn't figure that out, did you, brain box? Brain box. Wow. Ron, Ron why are you insulting Hermione? Draco sat on one of the large benches and laughed as Granger and the weasel argued. He slowly moved Harry onto his lap and realized he was sleeping. Harry? Harry's dead. Harry? Draco began to panic, shaking Harry to wake him up. Granger, he's not waking up. What? Draco, look, the collar is flashing. Hermione came toward the panicked Draco with her arms up in a sign of submission. Because you don't right, want to anger. Right, because you can't. Yeah, you got yeah, you you to approach, approach a magical creature. And like a, yeah. Yeah. And then she bowed. And, mm-hmm. Hermione came toward the panicked Draco with her arms up in a sign of submission. She then slowly rummaged in Harry's pocket and found the small gold keys. The lock clicked and Hermione threw the flashing collar out of the owlery window. Harry, Draco sco- stroked Harry's face as he slowly came to. What happened? Asked Harry. Well, I think your collar was activated. It must have some sedative effect. I also think it has a tracker on it, so Livingston would always know where you were, Miney said in her know-it-all voice. Jesus, shouted Ron. Oh, God. (laughs) And everyone turned to him. He looked as pale as nearly headless Nick. What is it? asked Miney. It's Harry. It says in his medical notes that he's... he's Pregnant. Pregnant. (laughs) End of fiction. What? 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 Yeah, no, that's the end. It ends there. Um, there were no more updates. It didn't get domestic. No, it did not. <laughs> it decidedly did not. I want to know. Yeah. How those babies get out of that man? I already told you, Cloaca. He excretes them. Why else would they have a nest? Sequoia, he's going to lay a bunch of eggs out of his cloaca. Uh, yeah, okay. No, I buy that. I do. I do buy that. Um, I, like, can't even comprehend what just happened. Yeah? Yeah? Was it? How do you feel about that? It was beautiful. Uh-huh. It was. It. <laughs> there was true love. Sure. Um... Ron Majestic, was there. <laughs> magical creatures. Uh-huh. Um, but, okay, what I will say is that for the most part, especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. like, the detail was great. Oh, yeah. Like, I was really digging the they detail. Did a, they, did a, they did a really good job, like, describing what was happening and how everyone looked and... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> How is this not tagged alternate universe? <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, uh, I'm not sure if they meant to and then didn't, or if they legitimately don't know what Vila are. Yeah. like I don't know. Or when Harry's birthday is. Do you think they just saw the movies? That's something that I didn't think about, actually. Maybe. That would explain a lot. 
Anyway, all my predictions were wrong. Oh, yeah. No, zero for however many nice. there were. This is a classic misdirection. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There was a Vila nest in it. And there it was. was a fantastical story. I did that like the part amazing. where Draco bit Harry and was running off down the corridor with him. That was pretty funny. I would never have been able to to like to, to guess see that where coming. it went. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great time. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> I hope that people listening to this enjoyed it uh-huh. as well. It uh-huh. was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Thank you for picking that. Yeah. So the fiction that I'm uh, recommending to go along with this one is called Closet Bohemia. It's a short, cute, sweet story about Harry not getting turned into a villa and having to mate with Draco. <laughs> it's something else. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. That link will be in the description. Um we really hope that you liked it, that you will listen to more of it. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to... Yeah, if you have any thoughts that you want to share with us, um, get in touch with us. Leave us a review or check out any of our social media pages. Yeah, we got Facebook, we got Twitter, we got Instagram. Or send us an email at fan- fanaticalfix at gmail.com. And our handle on everything is fanaticalfix. So just look us up, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, tweet at us. Be like, hey... I love dreary. Do more of that. <laughs> or, hey, that's totally what Vila are like. Yeah. And here hey, are September these 2nd sources. is Harry Potter's birthday. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We always love hearing constructive criticism. Yes. So leave us some of that. Constructive criticism, no flames. No flames. No flames. Our thanks as always to the Whomping Willows for the use of our theme song. It's their amazing song, Wolf Star. Okay, bye.